0: Welcome to the Daily DDT podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. The big show signs with A E-W. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can cast this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at dailyddt.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden Becker TV. Last night was AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT, the Wednesday Night Wars. But before we get into that, let's check out our insane news. The Big Show signing with AEW. According to PW Insider, the WWE and The Big Show could not work out a deal after his final appearance with the WWE, which was January 4th, 2021. AEW confirmed on Twitter that Paul White is now All Elite and will return to not only in-ring action, but will also be a member of commentary for a new YouTube show, AEW Dark Elevation. I'm going to do a deep dive into Paul White's long-tenured career in pro wrestling tomorrow's episode, so stay tuned for that, and make sure you subscribe as well. You don't want to miss that one. And another piece of news, and I think there's also a big piece of news as well that I need to include. Uh, WWE puts together the largest recruiting class in Performance Center history. The class includes 18 new recruits, including Bronson Rickensteiner, who is the son of Rick Steiner, former Impact star Taya Valkyrie, and Eli Drake, who debuted for NXT as LA Knight, and uh, Patrick Brudeau, who uh, might follow you on Twitter. I know that because he does follow me on Twitter and uh, has an uncanny appearance that looks a lot like Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman likes him. He also did some purple things on the side of his head, which I thought was pretty cool. But uh, I'm going to go into uh, the full list of the AT recruits on Saturday's podcast after I look over SmackDown. So I, I wanna do my due diligence for all the 18 members that were recruited because obviously they have a tenured pass in professional wrestling. So I, I wanna give you a deep dive into them as well. Uh, I'm gonna give a deep dive into the big show, the big veteran, and into the uh new recruits. So Friday's the big show, Saturday will be the new recruits and the 18 of them. So stay tuned for that. I think I'm really going to gonna go try to get as much information as I can from these 18 recruits. Some are going to be easy as possible because they're former Impact Champions and have been around the block for a long time. Some uh, haven't had a lot of professional wrestling experience but have a ton of raw potential. So we're going to get into that a couple days from now. But let's look at last night. And last night was the Wednesday Night Wars. We're going to start off with AEW Dynamite. And the show started off with John Moxley versus Ryan Nemeth, and starting off the show with a bang, no pun intended there, uh, given the uh, (laughs) the exploding barbed wire match, death match that we're gonna see at AEW Revolution, uh, with John Moxley versus Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship. John Moxley starting off the show here for AEW, and a paradigm shift to pick up the win. Uh, for John Moxley pretty much I didn't write a lot of notes for this match because you know it's John Moxley versus not Ryan Nemeth you're you're gonna expect who's gonna go over there and uh, not a ton of back and forth in this match either Uh, but happy to see Moxley uh, pick up the win and of course in his post match promo he vows to get his AEW championship back and starts to describe the emotion that he feels when he starts thinking about the barbed wire death match and uh, he's addicted to it he addicts he loves that feeling of uh, that adrenaline rush not only when he's in a barbed match or whenever he's in a professional wrestling ring Uh, a very passionate promo but nothing new that we've really heard from the from John Moxley we hear this promo pretty often from John Moxley if I'm being honest you know know, I love this business I love this business I I die for this business all stuff like that yeah I get it you know (laughs) and all respect to him you know deservingly so and there's a reason why he's one of the top guys in not only AEW but the professional wrestling world as a whole but We heard this before, I'll be honest with you. Uh, He does hint at this barbed wire match. Uh, Let let me get this right. The barbed wire death match that they're trying to build it as uh, could be his last ever. Uh, Obviously, which I doubt. You know, John Moxley has a ton left in the tank and no reason to call this your last ever. Obviously building towards the death aspect of it. But, you know, a bunch of poppin' circumstance never hurt anybody. Next match, Varsity Blondes versus Team Taz. Team Taz consisting of Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Uh, Taz is on commentary for this one. A nasty bump by Pillman of the Varsity Blondes being powerbombed into the ring post. By Brian Cage and then falling onto the edge of the ring steps. And not really the edge. So, you know, the the edge of the steps. So, those corners there right into his left leg. And it looked like it hurt real bad. And even Brian Cage, uh, obviously, non kayfabe stance in in legitimacy went down to him trying to cover himself saying oh i'm sorry i'm up. sorry bro <laughs> i apologize for that um the ring is cut in half with team taz dominating uh garrison is in on a hot tag and had a nice leap to the outside as well uh cage pins pillman and uh, and once again, in a non kayfabe way, I apologize to Pillman for the nasty spot, which is nice to see from Cage. You know, even though he is the heel in the situation, he did try to whisper himself saying, "Oh, I apologize, Pillman and Pillman." Uh, th- this is all out of out of the show context. This is just in what what their interaction was because it was a legitimate accident. So. Uh, nice to see you from Cage, to be honest with you. Because, you know, you you don't really know how these guys really act on the inside. And how they really feel out of character. And uh, he did the right thing and he did the nice thing as well. So, so even though uh, acting as a heel, did the right thing in my heart. Uh, good match. Uh, But where the things really start to pick up for this segment is the post-match antics. Uh, A cinematic masterpiece I wrote in my notes of Darby Allin hopping out of the body bag that he was put in by Team Taz. And uh, they really put it together real well. Almost like a Breaking Bad scene out in the middle of nowhere. Darby Allin finding his way out of the body bag and holding the TNT championship. And then Sting enters with Hook. Hook is in a body bag himself. Taz on commentary obviously shocked. Uh, Alan ziplines in to the ring from the uh, top of the balconies of uh, Daly's place. Jaw-dropping. Absolutely jaw-dropping. To see him swing in there with... Uh, hold, while him holding the skateboard it was absolutely phenomenal uh, what a fantastic spot and just some fantastic visual as well of having someone come in. It gave me goosebumps a little bit to be honest with you because I really did not expect Alan to do that to zip line his way down and then while attached to the zipline attack. Uh, both Ricky Starks and Ryan Cage. Sting connects with the Scorpion death drop to Cage, uh, giving him comeuppance for last week's actions of uh, powerbombing Sting, which uh, obviously shocked the internet that Sting would take that big of a bump, quote unquote. You know, th- th- obviously it's a big bump in the size of Cage and didn't look like a soft bump either. Didn- didn't hold back, but, you know, a powerbomb is a powerbomb. Next match Brandon Cutler versus Jake Hager. Uh, Hager showing off his strength early on this match with a couple high angle German suplexes. Uh, Cutler gains the advantage on a dive to the outside, but Cutler becomes overzealous and caught and dumped to the mat. Hager wins with a running clothesline. Uh, The inner circle enters without Jericho and MJF. I wonder where they could be. And attack Brandon Cutler. The Young Bucks come and save Cutler and call out Jericho and MJF. Backstage is MJF and Chris Jericho with the Young Bucks' dad bleeding profusely from his face. I I don't think that he bladed for this uh, segment. I think it had to be fake blood because there was a lot of it. And uh, for someone that's not in the professional wrestling industry as a whole, that doesn't do it every day, and blading sort of being, maybe not in the AEW sense, but at least in WWE's eyes, and there's AEW I'm talking about here, so there's blading, but... Uh, You don't really see it as much anymore, at least not in the mainstream. Obviously everywhere else you see it a lot, but not in the the big mainstream. So uh, the young bucks dad is bleeding profusely. Uh, This stems after Chris Jericho was pushed by uh, the young bucks father. Uh, and last week's episode of AEW Dynamite, I said last week, I wonder if this is going to stem into anything that push, or if it's just going to fizzle out. Well, it it stemmed. Oh boy, <laughs> it sure did stem. Uh, they throw him into the back of uh, the truck with the doors closed, but, but on the truck uh, was the faces of the Young Bucks, so sort of symbolic there. Uh, and they run away before any damage is done to themselves, with uh, the Young Bucks obviously going after them to try and save their father. So this was big before Revolution. Uh, I really thought this was nice. Uh, I do think the Young Bucks are probably going to win. I don't, I don't see any reason why you would put the belts onto MGF MJF and Jericho. But MJF and Jericho did have a nice moment uh, given the fact that they got to hold, hold the Young Bucks' bloody father up uh, in a backstage seg- segment. So I thought this was really nice and really well put together. And uh, was, I, I, I said, once again, I said, I wonder if that push was going to go anywhere. And yeah, it, it really did. It really did. I think it went a lot far farther than than I could have ever thought that that push can go. Next match, uh, Isaiah Cassidy with Matt Hardy and a TH2 who came and attacked uh, Heyman Adam Page after... The match uh, last week. So they were there ringside as well. Versus Heyman Adam Page. So Isaiah Cassie versus Heyman Adam Page. I know a lot of people have ringside there. Uh, Page tries to attack Hardy prior to the match. But to no avail. Page is dominating over Cassidy. But continues to get sidetracked by Matt Hardy. A TH2 distraction allows Matt Hardy to attack. But John Silver and Alex Reynolds enter. Uh, two members of the Dark Order who are consistently trying to recruit Hangman Adam Page. Hardy is ejected, but Cassidy takes control of the match. A valiant effort from Cassidy throughout this one, but a dead, Deadeye Pile Driver uh, gives Page the victory. Uh, towards, the uh, obviously, the post-match antics, and we saw a lot of post-match antics on this uh, AEW, Matt Hardy speaks over the God Mike, if you will, it wasn't on stage or on camera at all, until the very end, where he vows to attack every member of the Dark Order, I hope all the members that he's mentioning are in the positive numbers, and none in the negative, because it's never nice to see someone attack an 11-year-old uh, Alan Angels uh, was thrown from the stage through the ringside table, uh, which was a nice spot and a good jump from the Angels as well to get there. Next segment, and this is probably my least favorite segment of the night, Kenny Omega uh, speaking while working. And honestly, this was just, uh, once again, another well-produced impact segment, if you will. Uh, and honestly, wasn't even that well-produced either, given the fact that you could barely hear Omega speak. Because there was a lot of construction going on in the background, uh, intentional at that sake. You know, they they were really trying to like make it loud, but I still couldn't hear Omega barely towards the back end of the segment. So I'm really not a fan of these Omega segments at all. I don't enjoy them. I know you got to have him on the show, given that he's your champ, but I really rather him do something different or something live rather instead of these. Pre-taped segments that honestly aren't that good. They're just not. They don't do anything for me. They're just there every week. And yeah, they're well produced. And even this one wasn't that well produced. So uh, yeah, this is a big uh, stinker for me. And they have been a big stinker for me for the past two weeks. Him with the kids and everything stuff that I did at his house. They just weren't that good. Next segment uh, at 9:20 p.m. Eastern. A women's match. Wouldn't you know? Didn't I say this yesterday? Oh, I wonder if there were the odds on that on the Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker match being at 9.20 p.m. Well there it was. I think it was at actually the the entrances started at 9.17. But close enough, you know. So the same time every week, you tune in at 9.15 to 9.20 to watch a women's match in AEW because that's the time it is every week. You don't no need to guess anymore. Much like if you want to see Roman Reigns, just turn on SmackDown at 8 o'clock and then turn it on at the end, and there he is every week <laughs> that's just the way it goes for both AEW and SmackDown you, you can sort of time these these things out like clockwork they, they just work like that but Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker in the women's eliminator tournament uh, Baker walks out Of the match halfway through. I thought she was going to take a count out there funny enough. But ends up coming back after throwing a tantrum. And re-enters before the 10 count. Uh, Baker pulls off the turnbuckle covering during the commercial break. A strong right from Rose. The Beast Bomb and a kick out by Baker. And a second Beast Bomb by Rose. Ends the match. uh, And Rose will face Thunder Rosa or Riho. Whoever wins that one. That match will be on Sunday night on Bleacher Report. And uh, finally, a nice long women's match on AEW. I know I ran through that pretty fast, but if you can go back and watch this, I thought this was pretty good, and they really spent a good amount of time on this match as well. Usually a lot of these women's matches on AEW last for uh, pretty short, you know, 8 minute matches, 10 minute matches, Even I, that might even be stretching the term, but a lot of these matches are short, this one went a good amount of time, and it was nice to see Nyla Rose Back in action on Dynamite, same thing with Britt Baker. She's she's there pretty often, but especially Nyla Rose. So I thought this match was genuinely done very well. I just found it hilarious how it's always at 9:20. You know, not that's a knock anything from from Nyla Rose or Britt Baker. It's just more of an AEW problem, given that it's clockwork every single time. These matches are an hour and. 20 minutes into the show no matter what it's going to be a women's match so <laughs> that's sort of the way the things go but once again great match put on from nyla rose and Britt baker i really didn't do it service by the notes i took but uh, if you can go back and watch it it definitely was very well put together and uh, had a couple good spots in it as well good emotional performance from brit baker as well she always does a great job with that Main event time: Ray Phoenix versus Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts. And this is a face of the Revolution qualifier match. They're going to have a, the ladder match, and whoever wins that gets a title opportunity at the TNT Championship. A great back and forth early on: Jake Roberts grabs the ankle of Phoenix, tossing him off of the top rope, but then a great spot from Phoenix jumping over Roberts. Onto Archer on the outside it was a really good uh, sense of athleticism. There. Obviously, Phoenix, one of the most athletic guys on the whole roster for AEW. But he had a really nice spot jumping over Roberts to get to uh, Archer on the outside. Uh, Lance Archer takes control on the outside through the break. Uh, Phoenix bleeding from the mouth uh, midway through. And a great tight rope spot where Phoenix when I say tightrope I mean like he's walking the ropes there uh Phoenix walking across the top rope for a strong punk kick onto Lance Archer and another great comeback spot for Phoenix connecting with a Spanish fly you know it's tough you know to get Lance Archer up like that I know the Spanish fly is a two-person effort but that was a very nice spot from both of them and I've seen Ray Phoenix mess up some spanish flies as well landing right on the top of his head you know some impact highlights have that as well right on like a, a metal ramp and that one looks like it hurt real bad so good here on ray phoenix to get this one over uh this one was actually running out of tv time but i think that was intentional blackout from archer to win the match and qualify for the face of the revolution ladder match and uh, good for Archer, you know, I would have liked to see seen maybe Phoenix in that ladder match too. But, you know, they have two top guys going at it. One of them is going to lose. And uh, it, when your roster is that good, sometimes somebody has to lose. You know, <laughs> and that's the way it is. Phoenix had to lose this one. I, 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 obviously, they have always had plans for somebody going forward. A solid main event and a good sign of respect as well between Archer and Phoenix. No bad blood. Good fin- fist bump after the match. So, good AEW. I'm going to get my final grade uh, after I talk about NXT so we can compare the two directly because this is the Wednesday Night Wars. They are warring against each other. But speaking of the break, we're going to take that right now. After the break, we're going to talk about NXT and some on this day in pro wrestling. Stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history on February 25th, 2001, the Big Show won the WWF hardcore title at no way out and uh, i know this isn't a huge moment in history but i just wanted to find something to talk about the big show again at least one more time he had a moment in history today and he had a definite big moment in history yesterday signing with aew so i wanted to make sure i at least mentioned it one more time in this show and uh, we're going to talk about it once again Uh, we're going to talk about tomorrow a lot more in depth and what it means not only for the big show but what it means for aew and honestly what it means for wwe because uh they lost uh a legend and honestly they really lost a legend uh, and also on this no way out show just to make it more uh realistic of a on this day uh, the rock became the first ever six-time wwf champion defeating kurt angle on february 25th 2013 john cena and cm punk faced off against each other for the last time on an episode of raw to find out who would be facing the rock at wrestlemania 29 for the wwe championship john Cena won and would go on to win the wwe championship at wrestlemania 29 cm punk did the important task of having a match with the undertaker at wrestlemania and that match i my opinion was pretty good i thought it was good even though the Undertaker went over and supposed to go over honestly over anybody at that time and that was the year before the streak ended to brock lesnar so uh how about that the last defeat he got the last defeat, yeah, the last defeat was a uh, CM Punk and maybe that that is fitting. But uh yeah, last time Cena and Punk and I don't think we'll ever see it again. I really don't. Uh, not non, uh, yeah, obviously not in my not in my lifetime. <laughs> I really don't because it's the, the way that Punk has been acting, you know, he has flirted with the idea with the WWE with the backstage stuff, Cena's doing his thing uh, with television and commercials all stuff like that in the Super Bowl commercial, what was it From Mountain Dew I think it was. <laughs> this the Cena commercial. So uh, yeah, I really don't think we'll ever see those two go at it again, and, um, I think it's fair to say that that will be the last time on this day, 2013. Looking at NXT. Last night was a very good episode. Started off strong. Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano with The Way. Austin Theory doing a great job as the quote-unquote comedic relief, if you will, as the fool, as the Joker, as the clown, type of idea. someone that, that you know isn't the the smartest one of the bunch, for the way, to say that that in the the kindest way possible. Uh Loomis runs under the ring early on and attacks Gargano from behind. Loomis is mostly in control throughout uh the early part of the match. The way do their best to distract Loomis and is successful with it. Uh, Gargano driving himself through the ropes onto Loomis on the outside. Uh, great face-to-face moments from Loomis and Gargano. And Loomis with his his ghastly face, if you will, staring right into the eyes of Gargano. I think he does a fantastic job with his facials and his, the visual aspect of it. I think he does a fantastic job trying to speak volumes without saying any words. Uh, Loomis does a great job at that. Uh, awesome Theory grabs a chair, but hilariously fails to use it uh, just by not swinging at Loomis, and we'll find out a little bit more about that later. Uh, Loomis picks up the victory after making Gargano pass out in a submission maneuver, uh, Loomis's finishing uh, submission maneuver, and uh, ending the match. Solid matchup there. Uh, I think Loomis should be the next North American champion. Uh, I like what they're doing with Gargano, and I think they can continue to do all the funny stuff as long as Gargano continues to put on fantastic matches. And uh, we'll we'll definitely talk about that a little bit more later. Grizzled Young Veterans attack MSK backstage. Uh, Wesley injures his hand, and they were supposed to face uh, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan for the NXT Tag Team titles next week, but later in the night it's found out that Wesley's hand is Broken. I don't know if in kayfabe or not in kayfabe, but mostly in kayfabe, uh, Wesley's hand is broken, and the Grizzly Young Veterans had to impede fines because of their actions. A next match: Tyler Rust with Malcolm Vivens versus Leon Ruff. This match was made by Vivens visiting the backstage area and the trainers' room where Ruff was being cleared from last week's match against Swerve Scott. And uh, obviously making this match. And I sort of love this move from Bivens by recently getting uh, injured guys. Or guys that are just coming off of injury to have a match with Tyler Russell. Sort of getting them while they're down or getting them while they're just recovering. Making the match a little easier for Rust, if you will. So I thought that was cute. And uh, Bivens continue to do these subtle things. And his Twitter game, once again, very strong. But Bivens doing these subtle things on screen uh, that I'm noticing, it, th- that's a good story idea. Trying to get these guys, just got off injury, that are top level names. You know, like Kushida last week and uh, now Leon Ruff, a North American champ, former North American champion. So get these big names, but they're not at 100% yet. Maybe they're at 85%. So... Good for Bivens getting that idea over. I think that that has worked out pretty well. What we did not actually see a match between Tyler Rust and Leon Ruff. Swerve Scott attacked Ruff before the match, uh, taking his opportunity into his own hands. So trying to make an opportunity of his own and the. He even said, and it was picked up on commentary, Max, there's only so many segments here for promos, so I'm going to take mine now. And he didn't really cut a promo either. He just ended up attacking Ruff a little bit more. But, you know, what? I talked about Swerve sort of Scott uh, last week saying that he's probably at the bottom of the NXT North American title division. And uh, for him to be at the bottom might not be a bad thing. And I think that means that they have a really stacked squad at NXT for that mid-card, and they continue to build... A uh, fantastic show. Uh, Bivens ended up raising Rust's hand. And I thought this was a, gr- a great heel moment. Because you know, Rust picks up the quote-unquote moral victory for not having to have to compete. So picks up the, the hand. Where if Scott obviously getting the heel he for attacking Ruff. And Ruff you didn't have to pick up a loss either. Or uh, neither did, did did Rust for that matter. So I thought that was a nice move there. Next match, and this was a fun one, Zoe Stark versus Io Shirai. Yes, you heard that right. Zoe Stark, the person that made their singles uh, NXT in-ring debut versus the NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai. This was not for the title. And this match was made by William Regal after the performance of Stark last week. And I didn't think that that performance maybe have warranted a match against Io Shirai, but I do like the sentiment. And... Given what we saw last night, I definitely think maybe that match was worth it to make because Stark definitely showed out and she held her own. Uh, There were some... um, Now I'm going to get into the minutiae here. There were some production issues on NXT uh, transitioning from the backstage interview and they did it a little bit too early. And, you know, this is a live show, so production issues do happen. But this still is the WWE... Production issues shouldn't be happening that much. This is the first time I've seen a really big big glitch like this where they even had to mention it on air saying so we had some technical difficulties there. This is a live show. I will say that. And I rag on Impact Wrestling a lot for having a lot of production issues. But big difference there is that NXT live show Impact taped. If you're doing a taped show, everything should be perfect. Absolutely perfect. No mistakes. Live show, it's live things, It's live TV. Things happen, and very rarely do they, but when they do, especially when it's at WWE, it's noticed because it's that rare. It rarely ever happens, but I feel like I do need to mention it. In fairness, I do need to mention that there was a production issue, but uh, it wasn't too big that it ruined the show, but it did have to be, have to be mentioned on air to say that they were having some technical difficulties, if you will. Uh, as the match went on, uh, the match went off without a hitch with no production issues. But there was some back and forth uh, with Stark holding her own. Stark uh, actually ends up uh, looking very strong in this match. And looking like she can actually compete with Io Shirai. But it also, also could look like Shirai was having a tough time uh, figuring out uh, Zoe Stark's offense. Along with just underestimating her coming into the match. Io Shirai connects with the Moonstall to win. But once again, Stark definitely did up a fight and put on a good show hug between the two tony storm enters and cuts a promo on how shirai can't beat her storm asked her to make a match uh asked shirai to ask regal to make a match and uh, i believe that this match is now going to happen two weeks uh from yesterday's episode so we are going to see this match and uh, exciting but once again Iosharai is going to win. <laughs> I really don't see Tony Storm taking that belt off her. And uh, I, I'm waiting for a legitimate person to uh, really stand up to Iosharai because we haven't seen it in a while. Maybe it's coming in that re- recruiting class, but maybe not. We have to see. Uh, the Way Backstage, this is what I was hinting to earlier. The Way caught leaving the NXT studios after Gargano's loss. Uh, theory thinks Loomis is misunderstood and Indy Hartwell, to be funny. But I don't. She said in a serious sense, says uh, she thinks Loomis is hot. Uh, Gargano says Theory is going to go to therapy now for uh, saying what he said about Loomis being misunderstood. And once again, I'm okay with Gargano being used in this way. uh, As long as he continues to have those great matches just like how he had uh, at NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Versus Kushida. That was an absolutely fantastic match. And could be argued to be a show stealer of that match. Of of that show. If uh, the Undisputed Era incident at the end of the show didn't happen. This would have been the highlight of that whole show. That match between Kushida and Gargano. So as long as he continues to have great matches like that. I have no problem with him doing uh, funny gimmicky stuff. I have absolutely no problem with that. Next match. Casey Catanzaro with Caden Carter versus Xia Uh. This stems after Zia last week marked Casey Catanzaro saying, uh, You're next, or she's going to purify her, or something along those lines. Uh, Catanzaro putting up a relentless offensive effort to beat the friendship into Zia That was said over commentary. I felt like I had to repeat that because that was a very good line. Beat the friendship into Zia On the outside, with Catanzaro's legs propped up on these steel steps, uh, Lee stomps on the leg. Causing the ref to end the match. Uh, saying that Catanzaro could not continue. Lee attacks Catanzaro after the match. And says Carter is next. Uh, later in the night they said that Catanzaro was having her leg looked at by x-rays. And they're worried that could be a f- leg fracture. So uh, building us into the storyline there. Uh, I thought that was very fun. It was a great match. And a little bit of an unexpected twist of of Zion Lee attacking the leg. Uh, and it was a pretty gruesome shot, you know, much like how we used to see Shayna Beza do the arm thing where they, it was like she was breaking the arms. And this was like a big leg stomp, and the leg twisted in an awkward way. I thought this was very, very nice. And a good way to build Zile up as this really menacing, menacing uh, female heel without being super big in stature, but she is absolutely built. She is built for. For someone to come back, uh, I can't remember how long she was gone, but uh, once she came back and nushed back, now she's absolutely ripped, and she's looking like a very imposing figure in the women's division. Tag team action: Killian Dane and Drake Maverick versus the grizzled young veterans. Uh, loving the entrance from Dane and Maverick, sort of a, a playful feel between the two. Uh, Maverick obviously being the more playful. Of the two, Dane attacks uh, James Drake Bell, and once that is done, uh, Dane really takes dominance throughout the match, finding himself in the best situation possible while uh, Drake Maverick looks a little bit weak in this one. Throughout, it uh, to mayhem for the Grizzly Young Veterans. On to Drake Maverick, they pick up the vict- victory. Maverick was once again, as I said, made to look uh, like the weak link between the two. But Dane isn't uh, upset about it. He's actually helpful to Drake Maverick, bringing him backstage uh, because of injuries throughout the match. Uh, and backstage, uh, Killian Dane is confronted and said, said to him, uh, you know, you used to be a monster in in UK. You used to be an absolute beast, but what has happened to you? You're looking kind of soft now. So uh, obviously thoughts running through Killian Dane's head and uh, Drake Maverick being none the wiser. And just honestly being the weak link. But honestly I think that's sort of a shame to see given that we know the potential that Drake Maverick has and we've we've seen uh after Black Wednesday when we thought he was supposed to be released ends up being uh, brought back. So, you know, we, we we saw it and we saw the potentials that's there, but Drake Maverick once again being booked a little weak here, for my for my taste. Santos Escobar versus Karrion Cross in a no disqualifications match uh, the match starts outside, not outside the ring, outside in the NXT parking lot, of course. As Carrion uh, Cross attacks, Escobar drops the semi truck door down onto the head and back of Carrion Cross. I thought I w- thought that was a nice spot there. Uh, Legado del Fantasma helped Escobar in the NXT parking lot and throughout the rest of the match. Uh, they enter the arena, and Legado del Fantasma is driven through the ringside glass. By Karrion cross. This match continues to be a three-on-one throughout, with Cross struggling very heavily. Cross picks up the pace with suplexes onto Escobar through the announce table and a forearm to the back of the head of Escobar for Cross to pick up the huge victory. And I thought this was an absolutely fantastic, fantastic no disqualifications match. Uh, we don't really see those qualifications match this good anymore unless they're on a pay-per-view. This one for it to start outside, come back inside. I felt like this was... Uh Made better than advertised. I feel like advertised. You usually see a no disqualification match. You sort of get the gist of it. A chairs going to be in there. Involved. Whatever. Whatever. You know. You you know. They get to use weapons now. With the no disqualification match. But I felt like they really took advantage. Of everything they could. And I thought a great story was told. And uh, although I would have liked this. To be a little bit more one on one. I thought this obviously helps Santos Escobar. Uh, run as a heel. And doing a fantastic job as that. And obviously having it be one on three. Throughout. Uh, almost the entire match really put Karrion Cross on a lower pedestal but obviously climbing his way up for the victory making him look like an absolute beast uh, great job there but I would have liked to see a little bit more one on one but this wasn't the finale I don't think between the two I think this was just a nice building building block for a one on one hopefully coming soon for the end of the show Uh, I wouldn't call this the main event because it's not a match. But for the end of the show, the big segment, Adam Cole Cole explaining himself for his actions through NXT TakeOver and last week's episode of NXT. Cole does enter to Undisputed Era music and in a Undisputed Era hoodie. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is said to be out for several weeks after last week's attack from Adam Cole onto the steel steps. And uh, Cole says that he doesn't like the guy that he's become after envying O'Reilly's opportunities for the NXT Championship, believes that he made a, quote, stupid mistake, and apologizes. Uh, Roderick Strong enters and screams at Cole for changing the narrative of the situation, trying to make things right when obviously Adam Cole did a lot of things wrong. Uh, Finn Balor enters and attacks Cole straight away because of Cole's antics last week holding up the NXT Championship. And not only that, but also attacking Finn Balor in the process. Uh, Strong saves Cole from Balor, funny enough, but then attacks Adam Cole himself. Just a clothesline there. Cole continues to apologize. They hug it out, but then a low blow from Adam Cole to Roderick Strong. He... Cole rips off the dog tags and then super kicks strong as the show fades to black a heart in your throat moment if I've ever seen one making you think maybe 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 uh this isn't uh what we thought it was maybe it's something a little bit different but nope Adam Cole once again the scumbag if you will uh continues his streak of scumbagginess and uh once again, a moment in history. We're living through it. And that moment was at NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. A fantastic NXT TakeOver. I'll keep on saying it because it was that good. And uh, once again, i love to see how this continues with Adam Cole. I wonder if it's going to be one-on-ones throughout versus uh, the rest of the Undisputed Era members. What happens when Bobby Fish comes back? What happens when Kyle O'Reilly comes back? Uh, what's going to happen with the NXT Championship with Cole Maybe it's going to be O'Reilly Cole for the NXT Championship if they take the belt off of Finn Balor. So, we'll see moving forward. Definitely could be a lot of different stories that could be told. Uh, but, at least uh, we're, we're here to experience it. And that's going to be very, very fun. Final grades, final grades, final grades. Uh, we're going to look at AEW first. I'm going to go with a B. And for NXT, I'm also going to go with a B. But just because they're both B's doesn't mean they're equal in any sense of the word. I'm gonna give NXT the win here. And uh, in my opinion, I think they just put on a little bit of a better show uh, throughout, especially with the Adam Cole stuff uh, at the end. I thought that was absolutely huge and was very, very fun. And uh, AEW also put on a good show, but I had a little bit more uh, wow moments from NXT. I loved the spot with the zip line on AEW. I thought that was fantastic in the final match and the women's match for that matter were great were absolutely great but a couple of sour notes i didn't really have a lot of sour notes with the uh show of nxt but these kenny omega segments are just absolutely killing me you know i wouldn't mind if it was anybody else to be honest with you but the fact that it's kenny omega and he's just making himself look like a fool not because of the content that it is but just the value of it like there really is just no point just for him just to be on tv for for however long the segments are a minute and a half so that just leaves a sour taste in my mouth um I forgot to mention one thing with the uh, NXT show that I thought was actually hilarious. Throughout the show, Cameron Grimes was trying to get people to fail at the Million Dollar Challenge, which was having a person dribble basketball 10 times. Uh, but kept on having to give people money because he kept on picking either the wrong person or they could actually do it 10 times. And he just did not understand the concept. Ended up just giving a person a basketball, say, $1,000 if you could dribble it 10 times. Ends up socking them in the mouth as soon as they take their first dribble. So uh, Cameron Grimes, to the moon, fantastic character and uh, is doing a great job. Next episode, once again, I already told you, we're going to be talking about The Big Show, looking back at his career and uh, what... His signing with AEW means for not only the Big Show, not only for for AEW, but also for WWE. Honestly, what does that mean that they couldn't sign an absolute legend in his own right, the Big Show? And we're also going to talk about NXT UK because it's, uh, it's good. That that's the show that's for uh, today. So gonna be very nice. Uh, Pretty Deadly takes on Gallus for the NXT UK Tag Team Titles. That is the big card that it. Big match that's set for this card. And uh, I I like Pretty Deadly. I think they're fantastic. But I don't know if they take the belts off Gallus. That's going to be a tough decision. That's going to be a tough decision. But uh, definitely something to watch for on NXT UK. That's all from me. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. If you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.